starting off in a little bit of a different place. The economy, I've been watching things happen all weekend. I've been listening to a lot of what people had to say and and where we are with things. And uh, I mentioned to Jim Sharp, we're going to talk about solutions coming up in, in just a couple of moments at 835. There is a stark difference in policy. Now, you subscribe to a different one than me, then you should be able to defend it just like I should be able to defend mine. It's called apologetics. Um, if you've ever been to any kind of religious training, if you've ever been through seminary, there is a course called apologetics. It's not only what you believe, but defending why you believe it. You know, if you ask so many people why why they go to this church or why they do this or why they believe that they have a hard time explaining it. It's not that they don't know it. They've just never explained why they believe it. Um, when government gets out of the way in America, we see America run more smoothly. At least that's been my experience and my opinion. That doesn't mean there isn't any oversight. We just don't want oppressive, redundant oversight. When you have rules just to have rules, it doesn't make sense. What we're seeing in America right now is a dramatic shift. Inflation is skyrocketing and no, there is no adjustment being made. And I think more than anything, that's where you see great leaders. Great leaders are people that adjust, whether it's Bill Belichick and what he has done over the years with the New England Patriots and what he's doing with them right now. If you're a sports fan, great coaches are able to adjust to the situation and and put themselves or put their team in the best position for success. Doesn't mean you're always successful, but you're put in a much better position for success. I want you to hear the president of the United, United States, just as Joe Biden, talking about inflation and what they believe is going to happen. What the economists are saying, this Build Back Better bill is not going to increase inflation, it'll diminish inflation. It has a negative impact on inflation. If they're paying considerably less for child care, considerably less for health care, considerably less for insulin, considerably less and go down the list of being able to take care of their parents, all the things that are in the Build Back Better plan. The reason why people think it's going to, economists think it's going to, in fact, diminish the impact on inflation is because it's reducing cost for ordinary people. And I guess it's all who you talk to because the economists that I read from, when I read Wall Street Journal, when I read other publications, we're talking about a $5 trillion addition, not a $3 trillion addition to our economy. It's going to add trillions to our national debt over the amount of time that it's supposed to be there. So it looks as if it is going to be the opposite of what they're saying. But that we will see about. Um, a reporter asks Jen Psaki, who was the White House press secretary, about inflation. Here was the question and comment. The president said just a few moments ago that he thought that inflation may be at its peak right now. Is that the determination of your economic team when they look, when they analyze kind of the state of play in the market right now? Or where is he kind of basing it? What's he basing it on? Well, I think if the president were standing here, is that would be that we, of course, uh, defer to the Federal Reserve uh, and their assessments that they make as they make predictions about inflation. They are predicting, as outside economists are, that inflation will come down next year. And there's other economists, and if you would look at the ones who matter, they would be the people that are apolitical completely. Wall Street, what they are being advised on it. And I would say that it's 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 a little bit different with those economists. There's a reason why you're hearing all of this. Now who's to blame? Why are we seeing this inflation? Why are we seeing things that are not good in America? Here's her answer. What we need to do now is think about what we're going to do about rising costs. What is our plan to address rising costs? You saw every single Republican in the House vote against Build Back Better. What were they voting against? Yes, they were voting against the president's agenda. They were also voting against lowering costs. They were voting against lowering costs for childcare, lowering costs for elder care, lowering costs for health care. 
So the idea, and this is, we're going to cover both sides of this coin in a moment. So you hear from this administration what the policy is from the, from them, that more government involvement is better for the economy. They are going to lower costs. They are going to do these things. And I would like someone to explain historically how often that's ever worked. I can't say that it's never worked. I don't know that for sure. But we know that government involvement le- usually leads to increase costs. And that's what's happening right now is their plan. And I've mentioned this many times. I believe their plan, they believe is it's best for America, leveling the playing field, pay your fair share, raise taxes on the wealthy, redistribute the wealth. They believe that's good politics. They believe that's the way this country should go, that the redistribution of wealth idea is one that's a fair and be good for everyone. It's never worked anywhere in the world. When you watch this happen, it's never worked anywhere in the world, which I'm going to explain in a a couple of moments. But this idea that government involvement is the answer to every problem. What was wrong with health care in America? We needed a government health care plan. When they came up with Obamacare, we were told that this was going to be a great way to save money because these co-ops were going to be set up and these co-ops They were going to have companies that were insurance companies that were government funded, that were nonprofit health care providers that would drive down costs. Since they were nonprofit, they would be able to drive down costs. Therefore, if somebody else wanted, if another insurance carrier wanted the business of these people, they'd have to lower their costs. That was the that was the idea, basically, behind Obamacare. So the government gave out billions and billions and billions of dollars in loans that ended up bankrupting every one of those companies. Why? The people that were signing up for those health care plans, the only people signing up for those health care plans, were people that couldn't get insurance in the private sector because of pre-existing conditions. They were drawing more from insurance than they were paying in in premiums. During that time period, right here in the state of Arizona, in every single county in Arizona, on average, this is an average, Every single family of four in Arizona that was in the healthcare exchanges was paying more in insurance premiums every month than they were for their mortgage. That was average. The county average versus the average you county average mortgage cost versus the county average health care cost. If they were in the health care exchanges during the Obamacare time, and which is still around, they were paying more for their health insurance than they were paying for their mortgages, which is absolutely absurd. So that's the first part of it. The second part of it was that the coverage was terrible. The deductibles were enormously high before you the insurance kicked in. So it was insurance in name only. My point is the plan then is the same plan now, which is more government involvement, more government oversight of corporations, more rules, and, and it costs everybody more money. The only time I've ever seen anything really work is when the government gets out of the way. Now, again, that's an ideological difference from a lot of people that think that there has to be oversight. and So you have to look at who you trust more. And not everyone is trustworthy on either side. But do you trust the government to make decisions that make your life better, or do you trust the private sector? Capitalism says the private sector is more trustworthy. There's, It's not always going to be right. There are flaws with capitalism. There are greedy people. We know all of that is true. But we'd rather go with a capi- with capitalism 
then we would go with socialism, with with a with a government that controls commerce. Look at Venezuela. It's the most recent example of it, one that every American is really well aware of. One of the richest nations in the hemisphere, sitting on more oil than anyone else, and they are absolutely broke. Why? They did it in the interest of fairness. So the reason why I mention all of these things, well, let's talk about the Build Back Better just for one more moment. This is Senator Lindsey Graham talking about the Build Back Better bill. Ronald Reagan said the closest thing to immortality on earth is a government program. We all know that the child tax credits are not going to go away after a year. If you believe these programs go away after one, two, or three years, you shouldn't have a driver's license. The reason they put a sunset on the program is to lower the cost. It's a budget gimmick. What I see are shell games and budget gimmicks that make the real cost of this so-called $1.7 trillion bill estimated to be twice as high if the programs are extended or made permanent. So what I'm going to do in a moment is I'm going to argue in favor of an option. I'm going to talk about solutions, what I believe solutions are that are working right now. Not a guess, not a theory, but something that's working right now that's helping improve economies and the economic station and position of everyone. Yes, large corporations, but small business owners and the workers that work for both. What is it that could work for everyone? Well, I've got a couple of examples. They're right here in the state of Arizona, and it's more of a of an ideology that I think is better for everyone economically than what we're seeing right now. So we're going to do that coming up here in just a moment. I hope you'll stick around to hear it. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. And thanks for being here. The president of the United States says they believe inflation is going to go down because of the Build Back Better bill. So spending more money and injecting more money into the economy is going to lower inflation. So I've got a couple of different options. Again, policy, 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 and I think it's ideology as much as anything else. Getting government out of the way always does better for everyone. And I think that crosses party lines. Um, Neither political party trusts the government, uh, especially when the other party is in power or has majority. And when you talk about the government in general, most people want to be left alone. So I don't think this just resonates with – Republicans, I don't think – I mean it's an ideology of capitalism, so it is with conservatism and being a Republican. But I think it it resonates with more people. A moment ago, we talked about some of the things they are saying needs to be done. The president of the United States, I want you to hear it again, of what his plan is going to do and how it's going to help people. What the economists are saying, this Build Back Better bill is not going to increase inflation. It will diminish inflation. It has a negative impact on inflation. If they're paying considerably less for child care, considerably less for health care, considerably less for insulin, considerably less and go down the list of being able to take care of their parents, all the things that are in the Build Back Better plan. The reason why people think it's going to, economists think it's going to, in fact, diminish the impact on inflation is because it's reducing costs for ordinary people. Okay, it's reducing costs through the redistribution of wealth. We are, let's talk about the child tax credit, the payments. This may be the last payment um, that goes out. The final payment for expanded child tax credit is scheduled to go out on December 15th. Early analysis shows the extra cash has lowered poverty rates by about 40%, they say. What we've also seen in America is millions of jobs that are not being filled. 
So when you look at what's happening, and I, I don't blame people when, you know, the, the old uh, adage, any port in a storm, when you are hurting financially and someone throws you a lifeline, whether it's child tax credits, whether they're going to give you money for child care, when you're getting sent checks and it bails you out and, and you start feeling like I've got a little bit more money, then people are become dependent on that. If you don't think that we're on track now with government dependency, that's what's happening to a larger group of people. Some of these are families that are making upwards of $100,000 a year. So um, we've got uh, Pete Buttigieg's husband is complaining about having to pay back his student loans. He got a notification saying that at the end of the year, the moratorium on student loan payments ends. He's complaining about that. They own two houses. And he's complaining about repaying a loan. So options. Let people have opportunity. Let people have jobs. Wages are going up dramatically. And there are some people that work harder than others and have to for reasons that are maybe fair or unfair. Dependency on the government is going to be be our downfall. I, I mentioned before the show when I was talking with Sharp in the lead up, About this new plan, the Arizona Department of Transportation and Governor Ducey said last week they are easing the process for getting a commercial driver's license in an effort to help address nationwide supply chain crisis. Here's the quote from the governor. We're working to make sure commercial drivers and Arizona families have the support they need this holiday season. Prices are rising. Commercial drivers are under an incredible amount of stress and as they transport goods. So what happened in Arizona a couple of years ago, and I thought this was a great plan that was part of the military a long time ago, but it was expanded here in Arizona. If you come here with a skill and a certificate to work, you're a massage therapist, something that takes a certificate of proficiency. If you're a hairstylist in another state, we have something in Arizona when it comes to concealed carry permits for weapons called reciprocity, where if you hold a concealed carry permit in Arizona, there's about 30 other states that recognize Arizona's concealed carry permit, and you can carry a concealed weapon inside that state as well. Arizona said if you have a certificate of proficiency that's in good standing for at least one year in another state, you can come to Arizona and go straight to work in your trade. And not have to wait through the process of licensing. You still have to go through the process of licensing. You still have to get licensed in Arizona. But your certificate of proficiency in another state is good enough to get you started here in Arizona. And it allows those people to come here from other places and not have to spend weeks or months getting licensed in this state so they can go to work. These are average working people. And what it did was really help those working class people. What was that? That was the government getting out of the way. Show us you're proficient. Okay, go to work while you go through the process of licensing. What's one of our big supply chain issues? Transportation. Why? There's a shortage of truck drivers. So what is the state of Arizona saying? We're going to ease the requirements or ease the process, not the requirements, so that we can get more CDL truck drivers on the road faster. It may seem like a minor change, and maybe it is, but it's a change that is helping. And what is the helpful part of this? Getting out of the way. 
all of these restrictions and red tape and requirements. Yes, we have to have licensing. Yes, people have to show proficiency. If you're a hairstylist and you're working with chemicals and you're doing all those things, there are requirements. Come here from another state, go to work, and make sure you get your license here in Arizona. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with the government saying we're going to get out of the way on this one? And more and more of those ideas, whether it's tax cuts or or, or restrictions or requirements to do business compliance issues at the federal level, when you ease those requirements, you take away from costs and you let business owners and their employees focus on what they do best. And I think that's more along the lines what we need. We're going to keep sending people checks. They're not going to take these jobs. 3.8 million more jobs available in America than Americans are willing to do those jobs. Well, stop sending people checks because they have kids. Stop the government dependency and give people an opportunity at self-sufficiency. I don't want to see kids go hungry. I don't want to see parents not be able to pay for health care for their children and put their kids in dangerous situations. But we don't have to pay for it. The government can give those families opportunities to make real wages so they can afford to provide child care for their own kids. It's not a government problem, and it's creating a government problem and then saying they are the solution. Shouldn't be that way. we got the big Q poll question of the day coming up in just a couple of moments, and then we talk border next. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. All right, Gatos is out today, so filling in, doing the Big Q poll question is Steve Zinsmeister. What's up, Steve? Good to talk to you again, man. Good morning, Mike. Another day, another vacation for Gatos. Yeah, it's just no. It's either a haircut or a pedicure or vacation. You know, it's it's his world. We're just all living in it. Yeah, you and me, we're a different breed. No days off. No am I day, right. Well, yeah, until until this weekend, and then I start my all days right, off. Well. So eh, you don't, you've earned it, I'd say. Yeah. Hey, let's get into the Gatos. Let's do it. Poll question. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. I'm excited for this one, Mike. I know you are too. The Cardinals are playing on Monday Night Football. What will happen? You've got two choices. They either they win and they prove that they're the best team in the league, or they lose and they keep trying to clinch the playoffs, which they've got plenty of time to do. Here's why I think this is so important. This game tonight, because I keep hearing all these national misconceptions about the Arizona Cardinals. I'll run through them very quickly. Like, I hear that they're an inexperienced team, and they're so young. That's not true. They're the oldest team in the league by age. They added, guys, at least five players this year with playoff experience. I hear, oh, they don't know how to run the football. That's not true either. Their running back is second in touchdowns. And then I hear that Kyler Murray is just a running quarterback. Well, that's not true either because he's got the highest completion percentage and quarterback rating in the league. So I think tonight is the perfect opportunity to beat a good team, tell the nation, show the nation that you're made of tough stuff. Yeah, I think you're right. When you're when you're on Monday Night Football, all eyes are on you. Um, the uh, the Green Bay Packers won pretty easily yesterday. The Bucks struggled; they had to win in overtime. So we're kind of looking at the top of the NFC. The Cardinals are still sitting on top, and this could keep them there. The last thing the Cardinals want to do is go to Green Bay in the playoffs. Yeah. Are you going to be at the game tonight? I know you're a Cardinal. I have I have season tickets, but I actually gave my tickets away because I have a uh, I have a commitment. So I'm not able to go tonight. No. Yeah, I gave I didn't even sell them. I gave my tickets away. 
Hopefully you gave them to a Cardinals fan. Abdul, I would never give them to anything but a Cardinals fan. Never. I figured you would. Yeah. I figured you would. All right, All right well, man. Well, enjoy your other thing you have going on, but I'm going to be watching the Cardinals tonight, and I, I just – I hope they put this all to bed. I hope they stomp all over the Rams like they did last time and everybody shuts up about the Cardinals not Amen. being legit. Great question, Steve. I appreciate it. All right, man. We'll talk right. later. That's Zinsmeister. And the uh, Gatos Big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. You can go to KTAR.com and you can uh, you can weigh in there on what you think is going to happen tonight with the Cardinals Rams. Um we're going to talk about the border, an update, and actually some good news. We are going to speak with the mayor of Yuma, who is going to talk with us. Douglas Nichols is going to talk with us about what's happening there. Said there's been some easing at the border. There's been a commitment of some federal agents to the sector to help expedite people that are being processed. So we are seeing that at least in the immediate future, we are seeing a reduction in what we're seeing is this human tragedy on the border. So I thought we'd do a little bit of a good update and talk a little bit about what's happening on Arizona's border down in Yuma. It's something that a lot of people have been paying attention to. I think it's a sad story. So we'll get the full update coming up in just a moment. Stick around.